everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. The Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. This podcast will discuss um, the taking of a sabbatical. In All my years of practice, I have never um, thought there would ever be a time where I would think about taking a sabbatical. To me, sabbaticals were something that were taken by professors at the university. When I worked at Loyola um, many, many years ago, long before I was a lawyer, the professors would take sabbaticals sometimes for a year, sometimes for several months, sometimes it was for the purpose of writing a book, sometimes travel, sometimes research, and it just seemed to be a very academic type thing. And I've discussed it in the last couple of podcasts, a plan that I am trying to set forth for the month of September. So in the last 20 years of working, I really have not taken like a big chunk vacation around, oh my gosh, I hate to think how long ago this is, like close to 20 years ago, I think I took a whole week off and went to Colorado and stayed on a ranch. Um, I A few years ago, I went to Turks and Caicos for a wedding. That was several days. But a lot of my trips are combined into a long weekend or a quick two-day trip to California where I do a bunch of running around and none of it's uh, very relaxing. I did go to uh, another longer trip that I took was I went to Mardi Gras this year. That of course was a lot of running around but it was uh, five days. So I never taken off a big chunk of time. Never two weeks for sure. Never a month. Not even close. Um, so over the past few years, my schedule has been very busy. I've been very blessed. I'm very happy to have the schedule. I'm very happy to have my clients, but I'm feeling awfully tired lately and, and maybe a bit burned out. I have a friend who has practiced law for a long time, I think over 50 years at this point. Um, and he always says to me, hey, you have to make sure you don't burn yourself out or um, what will happen to you is what happened to me. He said, I got burned out and I went to California and I lived on the beach for about a year and then I came back to it all. And so over the last month or two, I've been thinking, is there a possible way to not have court or in-person meetings or depositions during the month of September. The reason why I chose September is because I have a week-long jury trial in July that's coming up in um, 
about a week, um, about a week and a half. And once I do that, I'll actually talk sort of um, about when you're working in those situations, when you're doing like the 12 to 15 hour days, whether it's a trial or a giant project that you're working on, or if you have to travel for work and you're working long days, like what you can do to handle that. Um, and, and then in August, I again have another jury trial, which is about a week and a half long. This is very unusual. I'm not a big time criminal defense attorney. Big time criminal defense attorneys are always in trial. As attorney who does a combination of civil, family, and a little bit of criminal. I do have hearings and trials all the time, but they're mainly bench trials, so trials in front of a judge. And those can last usually at the most a whole day. And um, most of those are usually like in the half day range. And not that they're stressful and not that they're a lot of preparation, but you actually are getting home in a decent hour. A jury trial is really its own thing. You go to the court when it opens, even though your trial doesn't start for an hour and a half in case the judge wants to talk to you, also to collect your thoughts and look through your notes and work on your questions, and you're there until the courthouse closes. And then when it's over, you have to go back to the office and see, what do I need to do about the rest of my work so that my business just doesn't fly out the window. Like you still have to be aware of your other cases. And so all of this made me think, what if I did a bunch of different travel in September? I didn't want to take one long trip. Like I didn't want to go to San Diego for a month. Not that that wouldn't be lovely, but it's not really what I had in mind. I felt like seeing some different things and maybe experiencing a couple different things. I was calling this initially my month of travel. And then in the last week, I started thinking of it as a sabbatical. And then I don't know if, if I, I know everyone else has had this happen, but you have these, this time in your life where like you think of a a term or you think of a concept or you think of a movie or you think of a person and then the next day like you hear from that person or that movie pops up on TV or the song that you were thinking of pops up on the radio. Just those weird coincidences. And so all of a sudden I'm sort of thinking of, of this month of September as a sabbatical and then I come across an article in Porter Magazine in the Summer Escape Edition called Press Pause. And the article was about taking a sabbatical. So a um, woman who is a global director of VIP client relations of Netta Porte, she was um, just completely burned out. So she took a three-month sabbatical. And she talked about in the article about what she did to make it happen. And the headline of her article said, In today's always-on culture, 
it often feels like we spend every waking moment in motion, making meetings, juggling family, hitting deadlines, all the while convincing ourselves we're coping just fine. Who are we kidding? But hurtling through life like this is a recipe for burnout. So with a plan to find her joy and rediscover what she really wanted, she took a sabbatical. I'm going to talk about what she did and um, what I was doing before to kind of plan for it. And then after looking at the article, how to plan for it. In her article, she says, don't do, just be. Like, try not to do anything besides relaxing. She also suggests learn something new um, or do something off the beaten track. In her position, which actually sounds kind of like a dream position to me, she works in fashion and she travels all the time. So she traveled a bit at first and went to a retreat where she was doing yoga and meditation. And then she realized going home would be the best thing for her because she didn't get to spend time at home. I appreciate that. And and during this month of my sabbatical, I am going to um, not be home as much. I'm actually going to be gone more. Because with my job, I really don't travel. Travel has come up occasionally over the years. Um, San Francisco... I used to go to quite a bit for work to do oral arguments before the Ninth Circuit. They've cut down the oral arguments uh, quite a bit, so I rarely do them. It's maybe every couple of years now when it used to be a couple times a year. I've had to travel for depositions before on a, on a big case that was years ago. And then I'll travel for seminars that are really, really interesting Um, so that's about it for work travel for me. Otherwise, everything is, is very local for me. So a big thing for me for this sabbatical was being in different places. So I'm going to take a few different trips. Um, I'm going to New Orleans, I'm going for a conference. But it's a conference where I only need some of the materials. It's a conference for probation officers, but it discusses sentencing guidelines. So I can kind of pop in and out based on what is the most interesting to me. And there's only a small percentage of attorneys. So this is something where I can maybe do a little sightseeing too. Uh, It'll be New Orleans, which I love. It'll be New Orleans in September, which is incredibly humid. So that may cut down on what I'm able to do. But that's one leg of my sabbatical. At the end of the month, I'm going to New York with my sister-in-law. And then in the middle of the month, I'm going to Seattle with my husband. Those are the trips that have the reservations and the plane tickets booked so far. The rest of it, I think I'm going to go to LA for a period of time and also um, maybe go up north and go to Flagstaff and maybe something else. I'm not sure. I've been looking at other seminars and seeing if there's an interesting seminar um, 
that's somewhere different that I could go to. The big part of this sabbatical for me, and again, I don't know if this will work. (laughs) I may talk to you in September or in October and say this was a huge fail. But a big part for me was getting out of the regular routine. My days have had a very consistent sort of Groundhog Day quality. And by Groundhog Day, I'm talking about the Bill Murray movie, of course, where he relives the same day over and over again. I get into the office early with good intentions. The phone starts ringing or I have to run out for court. I'm forever shuffling telephone messages and emails. Um, I'm working hard to try to get the projects that I need to get done done. And it's a it's a constant battle. And then the next thing I know, it's somewhere between 5 and 6 p.m. And I need to go home and see my family and have dinner and go to bed and start all over again. The other thing about this schedule is that it is not entirely conducive to health. And you know what I'm talking about. We've all had it happen. You have this consistent thing going on. And and one thing for me is I I have this go, go, go. And it's my schedule that's driving me. I can't control my schedule on a, a daily basis generally or on a monthly basis. Again, the trick for September is trying to control my schedule for one solid month um, by not having court hearings because I physically won't be in the state or won't be in town. But um, the, the issue is you have this go, 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 and then a lot of times there can be some sort of crash. And that happened to me this week. All through the month of June, when I had like the craziest schedule and the craziest personal stuff going on, and I've, I've talked about it in the prior pad, podcast, nothing bad. My grandchild was born, um, did some travel with my brother and my nephew, and my mom and dad's anniversary, like all these kind of joyous events, but tons of work on top of it. And July 4th was coming around. And up until the 3rd, I was incredibly busy, and I had people over on the night of the 3rd for fireworks, and from the 4th to the 8th, so until Monday morning, my schedule was very clear. I didn't have meetings. I didn't have court. I had court scheduled for Monday morning. I had put in a motion to continue, which didn't end up, the hearing didn't end up getting continued, so I had to be in court Monday morning. And what did all that do to me. So all that like leading up to the fireworks and then having a couple days off and then boom on, on Monday morning the 8th, driving to court first thing in the morning and then the day afterwards needing to drive to court in Payson, which is a two hour drive for me, two hours both ways. So four, four hours total. My crash was coming down with the worst cold that I've had probably in a couple of years. Luckily, it kind of uh, circulated through my body pretty quickly. But I crashed by I was starting to feel like not great. 
um, like right after the fourth. And then on um, Saturday night, I could feel myself coming out with a sore throat. And my husband was going over to my brother's and I said, I'm going to just stay home and rest and go to sleep early. And then maybe when I wake up, I'll feel great. I didn't. I woke up with a sore throat and for three days um, went from a sore throat to the most stuffed up head and most sneezing I've ever had in my life where I might sneeze like 30 times in like a five minute period. And I sneeze a lot anyways, but this was ridiculous. It was nonstop sneezing. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, I felt horrible. I was in court both days, started to um, feel like myself a little bit on Wednesday. Thursday started to feel great again. During those days where I was sick, I, I was going to bed at 7.30 p.m. It was still light out. That's how ridiculous it was. And that's what I'm trying to get through with doing this as, as a sabbatical. It's just having this time of 30 days where my life will be very different than it usually is. And during that time, I also hope to, it's not going to be a non-working time for me because I can't do that. I have a business. I don't work for um, a company where maybe I have staff who can 100% take it, everything over. And even people who, who work for a company, they may not be able to do that either where they can just 100% walk away and turn off their phone and see in 30, 30 days. Because of the way my business is and because it's my business and I have an obligation to my clients, I can't just like drop off the face of the earth for a month. But this is a, a, a chance for me to try to reset and rethink some things um, before I just end up with a heart attack or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm just not been feeling great. So those are my steps on planning for the sabbatical and why I'm planning for the sabbatical. And we'll see what happens. Again, it's not 30 days off the grid for me. I will still be, uh, still have my cell phone with me. I will still be in touch with my office. Um, I will still need to answer emails. But the goal is that I'm not in court. I physically can't be in court. I won't be in the state. And my meeting schedule which is, um, you know, one of the things with having your own small office is you have a lot of people coming and going during the day. Sometimes, most of the time they're scheduled, a lot of the times they're not. And you can spend a whole day meeting with people in the conference room. And I'll, I'm just trying to cut that out a little bit. I'll be doing telephone meetings, um, probably Skype and FaceTiming. And working from airports and working from hotels, but hopefully just having a chance to reset and then also think about things for my business. If I I know that you have had that, will have this experience just as I've had it, which is something is perplexing you, something is puzzling you, and you step away from it. You take a weekend where you're not working on that project or you go for 
even if it's something like a really long walk and it's a few hours and and during this time you come up with a great idea because you're not concentrating on it and and that's what I'm hoping to do I'm hoping to think about some new marketing ideas and think about what I want to do what is the direction of my firm for the next 10 years rather than my firm pushing me in that direction, like trying to have a chance to guide myself a little bit more, get more into my head, and um, and hopefully come back a better lawyer after all of it. An- another thing about September, one thing I'll share and why I'm doing this sabbatical and why I'm choosing this month is September is my least favorite month of the year, um, and it's because I live in Arizona. September in many parts of the country is lovely because they're coming out of the summer and they're having crisp fall weather and they're having really cool mornings and the leaves are starting to turn. Um, it There's football games and like all this great stuff. Arizona, not so much. The hottest months of the year are July, August, September. September... I always have this mindset that September's coming and and we have Labor Day and Labor Day is always incredibly hot. It's usually like 105 degrees. It's you're not having a nice Labor Day where you can, you know, barbecue and and maybe wear a light jacket. Nope, it's hot as heck. But in my mind, <laughs> I'm still from the Midwest and I'm thinking um, hey, back to school, football games, fall sweaters, um, cracking out the boots. And your mind may work like that, but the outside world is not working like that. And I want to step away from that a little bit and just kind of let September pass me by so I can go into October, which generally in Arizona can still be kind of hot, but by then we're starting to have better mornings and better nights. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, for the topic. I will have more information as time goes by. Hopefully, again, I can make this happen. If not, I'll do a podcast on um, the mistakes I made in trying to make this happen or why it didn't work. I have a couple of referrals for you uh, for some things to read and things to watch or things not to watch too. Um, I'm reading a couple of books that I'm really enjoying. The one, the first one I'm going to mention, I mentioned last week, and I'm going to mention it again because I'm really enjoying it. It's called The Elegant Warrior, written by Heather Hansen. It is a short read. It's about 130 pages. It's a book I wish I would have written. Um, Heather has discussed time management and lifestyle and work tips with using the trial as a metaphor for for the for for these tips and she uses specific examples from actual trials that she's done and she applies them to the trials in life and it's really well written like i said the chapters are uh, short easy to digest they're digest they're about four pages each it's a small book. I've been kind of taking my time with it. 
I'll read a couple of chapters and then I'll come back to it just to absorb those chapters and um, and let them sink in a little bit. Um, I have a um, Bible study that I go to once a week and during the summer we take off and this summer my study was doing something a little bit different where they were re- um, meeting the the ladies in the group were meeting and doing a book study on the book Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer I could not participate in this book study because of these trials that I have coming up so in spirit <laughs> I have been part of this book club. And I really ended up liking this book quite a bit. It does come from a Christian perspective. But even if you aren't Christian, I would still recommend it. The Bible passages are very helpful. And then she explains them in detail. And basically, the the help that this book is trying to give you is to give you control over your mind and recognize when you have damaging thoughts and stop them from influencing your life. This is something I need so much help with. I tend to obsess and worry. I tend to think of the worst case scenario and I need whatever help I can get to get me away from that type of thinking. And this book has been very helpful. It's it, it it's a longer book. It's about 250 pages, but the chapters are short and the book moves very quickly. So I recommend that as well. I'm also reading um, a piece of nonfiction on a subject that I've always been really interested in. And I'm happy there's a book about it because this is kind of right up my alley. I've always been really interested in the Chateau Marmont in um, Hollywood, the hotel. Every once in a while, you'll hear like crazy stories from there. And you'll, and you know, there's, I've never been there myself, but supposedly there's a bunch of celebrity sightings. On the infamous, infamous side, it is the hotel where John Belushi died at. And it has an old-time Hollywood history, and I love the old-time Hollywood um, stories. For instance, Gene Harlow um, set up shop there for a long period of time. Um, Not too long period of time since she died when she was 26, but she did live there for um, a period of time, and the book talks about that. I'm still in like the 1930s and 1940s. The hotel was originally apartments and then it became a hotel and just has a very, very interesting backstory with it. And next time I go to Hollywood, I, I want to go see the, the hotel. So I definitely recommend this book. It's called The Castle on Sunset. And the subtitle is Life, Death, Love, Art, and Scandal at Hollywood Chateau Marmont. And it's written by a man named Sean Levy. So I highly recommend that book. Um, I will, um, oh, one more thing before I close up. I wanted to recommend a place to see a movie, but not the movie that I actually saw there. 
So for all these years that I lived in Phoenix, there is a second-run theater that's about 20 minutes from my house. It's called the Silver Cinemas. It's at 2710 West Bell. It's in a, a shopping complex that's pretty deserted. And it, it, and the parts that aren't deserted just has sort of weird stores. But I've always wanted to go to this theater. And one of my daughters had been there previously and my sister-in-law had been there. And it's a second-run theater, so the tickets are discounted. I think they're they're three fifty a ticket and two dollars on Tuesday, so you can't beat it. And for some reason, it just never worked out for me. Like every time I would look at the movies, either I saw everything was that was playing, or I didn't want to see what was playing, or the times didn't work out with my schedule, or whatever the case may be. I never got to go there. And then I wanted to see this movie called The Dead Don't Die. And it was at the movies like two weeks ago, and it was sort of in and out of the movies. And it was portrayed as a kind of like a funny, tongue-in-cheek zombie movie. And then I looked at the listings for Silver Cinemas yesterday, and it was on there. So I'm like, okay, everybody, we're going. And I went to a 9 p.m. movie showing, which is so late for me, (laughs) but... um, I actually took a nap so I could go to the movies. I took like a 7 p.m. nap, like laid down from 7 to 8. Um, the theater is so fun. It is um, tiny. It is stuck in the 80s. It has the 1980s mirrors. I can't remember the name of the artist, but if you walk in there, you'll see where... Um, just his his artwork was everywhere. It was always like the ladies with like the purple and the brown and there's a Duran Duran cover that from that same artist. And there's this tunnel you walk down. There's probably I think there's maybe eight theaters and you walk down this tunnel and the tunnel is all little lights. It looks like it could be in the show the whole theater looks like it could be in the show Stranger Things. It almost feels like it's a little haunted. Um, when you buy the tickets, there's a tiny box office. When we went, no one was in the box office. You went to the concession stand and you bought the tickets. Uh, we bought four tickets. I uh, had a popcorn and icy, um, a soda, a pretzel. It was $30 for all of it, for the food and the drinks. If you um, save your uh, bag your popcorn bag they will give you a free refill the next time if you save your large drink they will give you a refill the next time the seats are n- not as comfortable as like the current you know movie seats and especially like the reclining seats these are the very old like kind of 1980s seats but they're not bad and I don't know if it's always like this but the theater was very uncrowded and so there was four of us and my daughter also brought her baby and his little headphones and we spread out over a bunch of seats so we like we had our bags and the car seat and um we're able to just like stretch our legs so it was great I highly recommend this theater I don't recommend the movie don't see this movie 
it could have been such a fun movie. There were a few parts that were fun. There were some jokes that were fun. It was self-referential. That was kind of fun. But it moved at a snail's pace. For an hour and a half movie, uh, it should have been a little bit more zippier. There was a lot of scenes of just people standing around, people looking at each other. Um, Selena Gomez was in the movie, and then it seemed like she had a very important part, and then her storyline just went away. And then the movie just sort of ended. Um, it just wasn't great. Um, it, it was one of those movies that I call like too clever for its own good. It was doing a... Um, like a metaphor of zombies as being like the zombies were uh, metaphors for consumers. So the zombies were also um, trying to get Wi-Fi and trying to work cell phones and wanted coffee, like all the stuff we want as people, which is kind of a fun idea, but there really was no point to it. In the end, it just seemed like they were zombies. So what was the point to all that? And then there was a very odd uh, storyline with Tilda Swinton, um, which made no sense. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I think it just wanted to be a fun movie. It was an independent movie. It wasn't as fun as it could have been, should have been. I felt that the pre they had been pushing this movie in previews um, for the last several months. Like, I could not wait for this movie to come out. Because it seemed so fun. They cut the preview to make it a million times more fun than the movie actually was. If the preview would have been the represent representation of what the movie actually was, it would have been a much better movie. So I'm going to close out for today. Um, I am headed out to church soon and then I'm going to the mummies exhibit at the science center I'll report back on that next week and tell you if it's worth going because there's one month left of that thank you for tuning in I look forward to um, being back next week thank you again for all your comments and and nice vibes that you send my way I really appreciate it you can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can find me on Facebook under my name. You can find my website at www.brummerlaw.com. You can also find me on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at Florence Legally Brunette. Take care. Bye-bye.